are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual on a Tuesday. We'll talk some BYU football today. A little more information on BYU and the upcoming schedule when it comes to their fall camp. When the Cougars will actually put on the pads, etc. We'll break all that down for you today. Pass along some other news and notes with that. Also need to talk a little bit about Yoli Childs and his invite from the NBA Combine. What it means for the former BYU star big man and of course need to get to our player countdown series on today's podcast as well so a lot to get to on a Tuesday it's all brought to you in part today by our good friends at Biomat USA we'll tell you about them here in just a little bit and with that rundown out of the way let's get it started here this is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 28th 2020. What's up, guys? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A lot to get to on a Tuesday, like I mentioned, but before we do that, I've mentioned it over the past couple of weeks. Our giveaway for the BYU Nike, or at least our first one, will be on tomorrow's podcast. So this is your last chance to get your ratings and reviews in on Apple Podcasts to be entered into that giveaway way uh, it'll kind of be your selection i've got a few different items of byu nike paraphernalia and gear that you'll be able to pick from as a fan and we'll give do that giveaway on tomorrow's podcast i will be collecting all of the names those reviews online from apple podcast tonight putting them into a random ju- number generator and whichever number comes out on top that's the winner for at least the first giveaway and we'll continue to keep doing some giveaways as we get closer and closer to the college football season but wanted to get that right off the top for you guys this is your last chance i guess you're quote-unquote final warning to get those ratings and reviews in so that way you can be entered in to win some BYU Nike gear ahead of the college football season. All right, with that out of the way, let's talk some BYU football. Some good news yesterday, if you saw it on social media, Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford riding bikes to work saying, hey, we we have an idea of who our opening opponent is, but the biggest thing is we want that smoke. And that's, of course, that's a colloquial term that they want, they're just excited to be playing football. There were some pictures sent out by the BYU football media a Twitter account last night and pictures of players on the field going through walkthroughs with coaches. As I mentioned, this is going to be kind of the plan this week that BYU players would be, up, be able to be on the field going through walkthroughs with a ball with their coaches. No real live action where you're tackling, etc. But position meetings, workouts officially with strength coaches all going on. It was confirmed by BYU Sports Information yesterday. Brett Pine down there confirming that. And it looks like it's all things go for BYU. Uh, Brett Pine told Jay Drew yesterday from the Deseret News, and this kind of falls in line with everything I had been told, is that BYU tentatively is going to open up fall camp officially next Monday. That would be August 4th. Players will re- report. They'll be the first day on field will be August 5th. And the media, yeah, we're not going to be there in person, which is unfortunate. But we'll have, our, of course, reports for you guys from our insiders who are down there at practice passing along information. We'll bring that all to you guys but excited to have f- football 
for all intents and purposes back into our lives and looking forward to covering it. I think it's a positive sign that BYU feels confident enough that they can move forward here and get ready for the coming college football season. Uh, you look at it and you say, oh, you know what? Even if BYU doesn't play Alabama, which is everything I'm hearing is that essentially the SEC has to give the go-ahead for the conference game only model plus one or two non-conference games and then Alabama and BYU should be a done deal. I don't think I'm breaking any news there because there's a lot of reports out there reporting similar things. But what I was told by somebody over the weekend inside the BYU football program is that if everything comes out the way they hope it does, and that is mainly the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC decide to go with a conference game model, but also have one or two conference, one or two non-conference games on top of that. It's a conference game only plus one model is what a lot of people call it. Well, that would mean that BYU is going to have a number of people calling them saying, hey, we'd like to play you guys. And what I was told from somebody inside the program is that BYU doesn't want to build on top of the schedule they'd already scheduled. Because if you look at the original schedule for BYU this fall, one of the best in program history there was no doubt about it six power five teams on the slate you couldn't have scheduled much better if you wanted to challenge yourself and the hope is that BYU can approach that same level of caliber of schedule but they don't want to over schedule is what I was being told from inside the program and I think it'll be just fine do I expect BYU to have 12 games on the schedule no I do not and I think Tom Homo already addressed that last week on BYU Sports Nation saying that hey it's very unlikely that we play a full 12 game schedule what I'm hearing is more like 10 games for BYU. So you probably lose two games at minimum. You'll replace the three that have already would otherwise be canceled because you lost five originally, speaking of the BYU football program. And hey, there could be some wheeling and dealing going on still. You could tell North Alabama, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Here's your check, your guarantee for the game. We're going to go on and find another team, maybe a closer to Utah, a more regional FCS opponent if you still want to have an FCS team on there. Or you go get another low-level program out there who's looking for a game and replace that game. I think the biggest thing is BYU is going to have to be like everybody else and just be very vigilant about being as flexible as they possibly can be ahead of the college football season and throughout this coming season. I think 10 games stretched over a 14 or 15 week season gives you the most flexibility you possibly could hope for. Obviously, if COVID-19 flares back up, everything could go to crap and we all could be sitting here saying, well, it was a fun start to the season, but it, get, it gets nixed. But I think we're all looking forward with a positive mindset and hoping that BYU football is going to be ready to go. And hey, the program, people inside the program, they are jacked and they're excited to be part of the plan here to get ready for the college football season. They're excited to be back on the field working with players, speaking of the coaches. The players obviously have been chomping at the bit to get back on the field and play the sport that they love, that they've uh, given their lives to essentially. And hey, it's a fun time. So it looks like everything is looking up for BYU currently. But as I said on yesterday's podcast, it's still very much a day-by-day process for BYU as they continue to approach things very cautiously. They've got to be very vigilant about COVID-19, obviously. They're continuing to do tests, monitor players, temperature checks, the whole gamut, and doing the best they possibly can to keep everybody healthy, if at all possible. 
And I think it, it's it's looking up right now for BYU. That could all change in a, a matter of days, it feels like. But right now, the good news is, is it seems it's full steam ahead until BYU gets onto the field officially and plays some games this fall. And that's a positive development. So there you go. Some thoughts on BYU as they get closer and closer to the college football season. We will talk uh, some more BYU football here in just a little bit. We need to get to our player countdown series. The best Cougar to have worn the number 37. We'll get to that. But coming up here in just a second, let's switch gears and talk some BYU football. Need to talk a little bit about Yoli Childs. He received an invite to the NBA Combine pretty prestigious event and what does that mean for Yoli Childs and his chances of making the NBA we'll break that down here in just a second today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA they're located in Orem Utah 349 East University Parkway is their address and if you know where the University Mall is at you're right in the same neck of the woods that our good friends at Biomat are at they're across the street from the University Mall you know where the Sizzler is at you know where Milo Board Sport uh, Big Five they're in that same general vicinity right there on the corner of State Street and University Parkway. Go check them out, guys. I can't recommend this enough. What it is is Biomat USA is in critical, urgent need right now, and I can't emphasize that enough. They need your donations of plasma. All the plasma they collect goes into life-saving medications and treatments for people with all kinds of different maladies, burn victims, all kinds of things. But more importantly right now, obviously with the COVID-19 pandemic, there's an urgent need for people with convalescent plasma. And what convalescent plasma means. It's the plasma of people who have had COVID-19 and have since recovered from it or got it and didn't know they had it and they still have the antibodies that are in their plasma is what Biomat USA and the parent company Griffles is after. What they're doing with that plasma is they're doing research. They're trying to find a cure for this disease, a vaccine to protect the vast majority of us who have not caught this disease so far. They're doing their absolute best to stay on the forefront of this and they need your donations. If you've had COVID-19 of you and you've since recovered or if you suspect you might have had it and you've recovered etc go in see our good friends at biomat usa donate that plasma and you'll be helping out other people the best part about all of this regardless of you're donating your plasma for covid19 purposes or just otherwise you are paid for your donations by biomat usa so it's an opportunity to line your pocket with some extra cash while also helping out other people it's a win-win scenario so go visit our friends at biomat usa they're located once again at 349 East University Parkway in Orem. They're open from the early morning to the late evening. I believe they open up as early as 5 a.m. and are open until 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday also open on Saturday, so feel free to stop by anytime your schedule permits. Donate that plasma, help out another person in need, and put some money into your pocket while you're doing it. If you have more questions about this, give them a call. 801-235-9800. That's 801-235-9800. That's our good friends at Biomat USA. Check them out today, guys. 349 East University Parkway in Orem, or call them. 801-235-9800. Some good news came out over the weekend, and that came in the form of Brian Kalbrowski. He's a reporter that covers the NBA draft heavily for USA Today, reporting that BYU's Yoli Childs has officially received an invitation to the 2020 NBA Combine, according to sources. Childs obviously is chasing the NBA, and I think every basketball player playing at the collegiate level has aspirations of playing in the best call, the best league in the world, speaking of the NBA. And Childs, it looks very much like a pretty good possibility that's going to happen for him this coming season or this coming draft. 
What this means is this combine invite usually goes out to the vast majority of players that NBA scouts, coaches, front office personnel think that are going to be drafted. Of course, the NFL draft, their combine is a similar format. They obviously have seven rounds in their draft. What, 260-odd players are drafted each year? And based on what I've heard and what I've read is between uh, three-quarters, at least two-thirds and three-quarters of the invitees to the NFL combine are drafted it's even a higher percentage it feels like for the nba combine so the fact that yoli childs received this invite from the nba combine means that nba personnel think that he is going to be a draft pick i'm not saying that yoli childs is going to be a lottery pick you're not going to see him taken in the first round of the nba draft i don't think unless somebody really falls in love with him i think he's probably a second round draft pick very much a a guy who could end up on a two-way contract playing with an nba team team's G League affiliate for the majority of his rookie season while he adjusts to playing in the NFL, not the NFL, the NBA, excuse me. But I I look at it and I feel like Yoli Childs, he's really revamped his game. Uh, He's the only player in BYU history to score 2,000 points and also record 1,000 rebounds. His game is multifaceted and that's the good news for him as he moves into an era of NBA basketball where it's more positionless. Yoli's not the tallest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He doesn't jump the highest. But what Yoli Childs does is he does everything well. He shoots the ball well. He's really worked on his three-point stroke, especially from the corner, because if he wants to play in the NBA, he's got to be a three-point shooting big man. He's got to be able to play in a small ball lineup as a small five or a stretch four and hit the corner three. It's a critical, critical skill in this day and age of the NBA. Of course, I work in the interest of full disclosure for an affiliate of the Utah Jazz, but I've seen up close and I've watched enough NBA basketball to know that if you want to be a thriving big man and have an opportunity to be a rotation player in this day and age, if your name's not Rudy Gobert, you've got to be able to hit outside shots, especially the three-pointer. And I think that Yuli Childs has worked on that. He's more than capable defending his position, I feel like. He's got the athleticism, the wingspan to do that effectively. He also is a great rebounder. He understands the nuances of rebounding, and I think he'll fit well on whichever team decides to pick him. I think that he would be good in this new era of NBA basketball. I think what Yuli Child showed coming back for his senior year with BYU is that he's willing to work on his game and transform it to fit what NBA personnel are looking for. So it's great to hear him officially get that NBA combine invite. I think that he is going to be drafted. I would guess probably mid to end of the second round so he's not going to be a high draft pick but hey how long has it been since BYU's had an NBA draft pick is it Jimmer Fredette yeah it is Jimmer Fredette a lottery pick back in 2011 was the last time BYU had a player drafted in the NBA draft it's been nearly a decade since then and Yuli Childs I can't think of a better human being out there whoever gets this young man is going to be astounded by his personal character I have never had a student athlete be as good with the media and treat them with more respect than Yuli Childs. After every media session, I mean this sincerely, after every media session he ever had with the media that I was in attendance at, he shook everybody's hand. Obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic, it went to more of elbow bumps and whatnot, but he is about as good of a human being as you will find in sports, and I think he is going to be an asset wherever he ends up in the NBA. Would I love to see him with the Utah Jazz being a homer? Absolutely. I would love to see it. He is a guy 
guy that I have rooted for for a long time from a media perspective. I'm a jazz fan at heart. I grew up a jazz fan and I work for their flagship station. And I think Yoli Childs, the game that he brings to the next level with some seasoning, I think absolutely could be a viable stretch four slash small ball five for the right team and even the jazz in that scenario. He's got to be able to prove he can shoot the three. And I don't know if the NBA combine is going to take place. There's been a lot of that out there saying that the combine might not ultimately take place because the NBA draft is going to be fitting into a a narrow window between the end of the current NBA season, which which begins again this coming Thursday and the beginning of the next NBA season. But I think the good news is the fact that Yoli Childs got that invitation means that NBA personnel think he is a viable NBA player, a guy who can be drafted, can be built up to be a guy that can be a rotation player. And hey, I'm hoping to see where Yoli Childs ends up and I'll be rooting for him wherever he goes because like I said, he's got the well-rounded game, the ability to affect the game in multiple facets that should yield itself into becoming a rotation player with the right coaching and the right development. A lot of the stuff in the NBA anymore with development, there are teams that invest in it. The Utah Jazz are one of them. They have so many coaches who are so invested in making sure players get the most out of their abilities that that Yoli Childs would fit well with a team like the Jazz, but there are many others around the league that would do that as well. There are other ones that say, you know what? Development's more on you, young man. You've got to do it yourself. The nice part is I think Yoli Childs, he's got the character, he's got the makeup in his personality that no matter where he ends up, he is going to work his tail off to make sure that he is ready to go in whatever role an NBA team needs him to play. He has dreamed of playing in the NBA his entire life and it appears it's coming true and it's a great story. Like I said, Uh, You will not find a bigger Yoli Childs fan as a person than myself, Jay Catch. I love this young man, and I'm excited to see what his professional basketball future holds, and I think it's going to be in the NBA. It may not be a rotation player right away as a second-round draft pick. He may have to spend some time in the G League really adjusting his game to whatever NBA team drafts and what they want him to become. But I do think that Yoli Childs has the capability of becoming a rotation player down the road in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. All right, we will switch gears here, switch back over to football for a moment here. Talk about the best Cougars to have worn the number 37 as our player countdown series rolls on. We are continuing to get you ready for the college football season. We've counted down from 100 to today, 37 days away from when BYU was supposed to play the University of Utah. Will BYU play on September 5th? Who knows? But we're going to find out over the coming weeks. But in the meantime, we will continue the player countdown series as we talk about some of the best Cougars to have worn these respective numbers. We talk about number 37 here in just a second before we do that though a reminder for you guys that this podcast is only possible with your guys' support and i can't thank you guys enough we've seen the numbers tick up over the past couple of months as we get closer and closer to college football season and it's all credit to you guys what i'm asking you to do is to continue to share this with your family and friends word of mouth about this podcast is absolutely huge uh, for example my grandfather he is 87 years old and he is uh, one of my heroes he is a great guy A guy who actually got me into being a BYU fan growing up. He checked a lot of BYU players and coaches' eyes as an optometrist in the greater Provo area for years, and he just got to know a lot of people at BYU and became an ardent BYU fan, and 
he actually was asking me, okay, so I hear you do this thing where you talk BYU sports every day. And I'm like, yeah, I do, Grandpa. It's called Locked On Cougars. It's a podcast. He's like, well, how do I get that? And mind you, he's 87 years old. My grandpa, he still golfs four times a week. He's living his best life in St. George. He's healthy as a horse considering his age. And I told him, here's here's what you do. And I pulled out his phone. I was like, hand me your phone. I pull it up and he has an iPhone and pulled it up. I tapped the podcast app and I'm like, you ever seen this app before? He's like, I've seen it. I've never used it. We pulled it out. I tapped it. I typed in locked on Cougars. I said, you hit this button right here. It says subscribe. It's in a big, bold font. You hit subscribe here, grandpa. And my episode every day will populate on your phone for free. You can listen to it every day. My grandpa now listens to my podcast every day. So big thank you to grandpa Hatch, uh, Herman for tuning in every day. And it's as simple as that guys. It really can help people find out what a podcast is. And all you got to do is just show them how to do it. I think a lot of people have apprehension about is a podcast cost money. Some of them do. This one doesn't. It is free. I want you guys to check it out and please continue to share this with your family and friends and help us build the audience here at Locked on Cougars. All right, as we wrap up a Tuesday edition of the show, let's get to our player countdown series. The best Cougars to have worn the number 37 on today's show. And some of you can already think of one player, I think, in particular, and he ran away with the fan vote. There's no doubt about it. And that is former BYU do-everything player, Vic Sooto. Also spent some time as a graduate assistant with the Cougars after his playing days were done. Vic, very much a great player. Played tight end. He played some wide receiver at one point. I don't know what he played. He played linebacker, ended up playing defensive end for BYU. He was a standout player, it seemed like, at every position. He could have played multiple more positions, probably, but was a great player. The first commit for Bronco Mendenhall after he became head coach of the BYU football program way back when. But Vic Sooto running away with the fan vote today with 60% of the vote uh, goes in favor of Vic Sooto. His fellow finalists on this list included BYU, former BYU linebacker Lemafita Samanu, also recently was the recruiting coordinator for BYU before stepping away from that role. Ethan Pochman, the older brother of Owen Pochman, the Pochman brothers, great kickers for the BYU football program. Ethan was on this list wearing number 37. And then finally, Jeff Lyman coming in in the rear with 1% of the vote. So let's break it down real quick. Vic Sooto with 60% of the vote, Alema Fita Samanu, 21% of the vote, Ethan Pochman, 18%, and Jeff Lyman was just 1%. And Jeff Lyman was a great linebacker for the Cougars way back when. But looking at this, I feel like Vic Sooto is a pretty easy pick here. One interesting note, though, is Alema Fita Samanu, he has a unique distinction of having played on a national championship team and with a Heisman Trophy winner. And you would imagine, okay, BYU obviously won the national championship in 1984, and then the Heisman Trophy came in 1990 for Ty Demmer. How in the world did Alemafita Samanu play on both of those teams? Well, when you go on an LDS mission or a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it interrupts things and extends out your eligibility clock. Alemafita Samanu has the distinction of both of those. Obviously, he was also a great player in his own right. Was the, uh, what, runner-up as the Defensive Player of the Year in the WAC his senior year in 1990. A great player. Ethan Potchman, a guy who played soccer for BYU before coming on to kick in 1996, made some massive kicks for BYU during that magical Cotton Bowl run during the 1996 season. Obviously, his younger brother, Owen Potchman, who we'll talk about here in the next week or so, was a great kicker in his own right. But a cool story to see Ethan Potchman make the transition from playing soccer and then becoming a great kicker in BYU football history. But Vic Sooto, I think, is a good pick today. Is the best Cougar to have worn the number 36. 
1997. As I said, he was the first commit for Bronco Mendenhall after he became the head coach of the Cougars in 2005. Vic came to BYU from Oceanside down there in Southern California. Like I said, went on to have a great career in a BYU uniform, starting out as a tight end, then making the transition to defense, playing both outside linebacker and then defensive end for the Cougars. Then he decided, you know what? I'm going to play in the NFL for a time. It's what he did. He went on and played pro for a while, came back. His wife was actually the uh, personal assistant for Bronco Mendenhall. And Coach Mendenhall actually kind of reined Vic in and said, hey, Vic, if you want to come work with our players, we'd be happy to have you do that. He became a student assistant, then a graduate assistant for Bronco Mendenhall out there at Virginia before being hired on as a full-time defensive line coach for the Wahoos. And he did a great job. And as such, he's now the defensive line coach at USC. Vic Sooto got a lot of training during his days at BYU working with the media. I felt like my early days in the media Vic was a senior and you would see him come out almost every day for media availability and never once complained that I recall and he got a lot of questions lobbied at him I don't think any question he'll be peppered with in this day and age of recruiting by the media etc probably has been asked to him by a BYU reporter during his playing days He's a polished young man, or I guess not a young man anymore, but just a great player, a great ambassador. He's doing great things for USC. Would I love to see him on BYU's uh, roster as a BYU assistant coach? soon? Absolutely. I think he'd do a great job. The issue is at this point, is BYU going to be willing to afford a guy like Vic Sooto if they need to get him? That's the biggest thing. He's he's working for a Power 5 program and one of the quote-unquote blue bloods in USC. He ain't going to come cheap if BYU wants to hire him at some point. Maybe he'll give BYU a little bit of a discount, but as I've said previously on this podcast, BYU football and BYU as athletic department, they got to put up or shut up a little bit more than they have been. And I I know that the pandemic that's going right now is obviously going to knock down salaries in the short run, but it's not going to be too long before I feel like those salaries are going to go right back up to where they were, if not stay where they are and then continue to balloon from there. That's this day and age of college sports. Would I like to see the pandemic really hit the reset button for college sports and maybe pushing things back in terms of salaries? They're getting a little bit outrageous in my mind. Sure. Do I anticipate that happening? Nope, I don't. I just think there's too much invested in it already. You're seeing these programs, they're going to take a hit. There's no doubt about it. But as soon as they're back to where they feel like, you know what, we can continue to pay more and more, they'll start paying more and more. And we'll see what happens. Maybe the reset button will come and it'll catch me by surprise. But I just look at this and I feel like, you know what, it might stay stagnant for a, a little bit to really get things back to where they were. And then it just starts taking off from there. I'm not sure it's ultimately going to kick things back, but that's not what you came for on the podcast today. But I think that Vic Soto, a great pick as the best Cougar to have won the number 37. But some great players, no doubt. Jeff Lyman, a standout linebacker. Ethan Pochman, a great kicker. And also, Alemafita Samana, what he did in a BYU uniform. I don't think you'll find many people who can say they've done that. Played on a national championship team as well as playing with a Heisman Trophy winner. But I'm going to go with the fan vote today. Vic Soto, our pick, is the best Cougar to have worn the number 37 in BYU history. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day. Hope you guys are all doing well, staying home, staying safe. Wear that mask when you're out and about and can't socially distance. Let's continue to work on these numbers with the COVID-19 pandemic and keep BYU football 
getting ready for the college football season. We don't want to see another spike in cases that which might shut things down for them. Let's do our part. Let's make sure we take care of business on our end so they can take care of business on theirs and let us watch some games this fall. A reminder for you guys to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search us out at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, you can feel free to reach out anytime via email. The email address for this podcast is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. I hope you guys are all doing well once again. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 28th, 2020. We will catch you guys tomorrow.